I'm Shelley Schlender. This is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. Coming up, we'll talk about what makes any battery work. Well, for the layman, the performance of the battery is the primary thing. And we'll talk with a Colorado company striving to build breakthrough batteries for the cars of the future. So if your vehicle, for example, can achieve 300 miles range, we would be looking at north of 450 miles simply by replacing it with our battery. This year, the National Inflation Reduction Act will provide money to help more consumers buy electric vehicles and money to help U.S. companies build them. Last month, Colorado chipped in more cash incentives for vehicles ranging from electric-powered bikes to electric trucks. The hope is that electric vehicles will mean quieter roads and cleaner air. But right now, only 6% of new vehicles sold in the U.S. are battery-powered. Electric car batteries make electric cars expensive. Electric car batteries take a long time to charge. Their range before running out of power makes people anxious. The future of electric cars depends on better batteries. So today we'll speak with an expert about Colorado's world-renowned car battery company, Solid Power. The expert says that developing new batteries... new batteries, developing a new way to move ions from point A to point B is hard. This is the very definition of hard tech. Doug Campbell is co-founder of Colorado's Solid Power Car Battery Company. Campbell says while it's hard to develop new hard tech, the solid power battery is on track to be in electric vehicles around 2025, just three years away and with high performance. With the solid state batteries we are producing, if we were to simply replace the lithium ion that's in commercially available vehicles today, we would see anywhere from about a 50 to 80 percent increase in the stored energy which would be directly proportional to the range. So if your vehicle, for example, can achieve 300 miles range, we would be looking at north of 450 miles simply by replacing it with our batteries. We'll talk more with Doug Campbell about solid power batteries. We'll also talk with an expert who has been skeptical about solid power's solid state batteries. The solid state batteries have been a decade away for decades. <laughs> They're always a decade away. Mark Newman is an electric car industry analyst who's worked for well-known high-tech research firms. Newman has worked recently with an electric battery manufacturing company called Niobold. Niobold is ramping up to make batteries that include a special superpower. It can charge super fast. We can still enable five, six-minute charge in a car. Maybe not for a long-range EV, but for a shorter-range EV, we can have a full charge with our batteries in five or six minutes is definitely feasible. We'll also talk about electric car batteries that might someday reduce cost and improve battery range because the battery contains a lot of sand. So battery technology is going to be everywhere. Everything's getting electrified, uh, including cars. It's not in commercial cars right now, but it's made a first big step. It's actually being sold right now in a fitness tracker called Woo. One day, not too far in the future, I'm sure, Electric cars will be powered by SELA technology and get more energy-rich batteries as well. Before we talk about what performance to expect from these new batteries, perhaps it's worthwhile to understand a little bit more about what makes a rechargeable car battery in the first place. 
For instance, did you know that the most common rechargeable battery in electric cars today contains some liquid? It's not a sloshy liquid like in a glass of water. It's more like a pasty kind of jelly-like liquid. In fact, MIT engineering reports describe a typical lithium-ion battery as a sort of jelly roll. The lithium ions are kind of a jelly-like paste in a thin roll between layers of a soft, dry material called graphite. Each jelly roll is kind of small. A lithium-ion battery connects a bunch of these jelly roll battery cells together to produce enough power to run your cell phone, your laptop computer, a Tesla sedan. So to find a common sense explanation for how batteries work, we simplified the questions down to batteries that don't recharge. You know, the typical AA battery. And for information, we asked someone who has a long history with batteries. He has a long history because he was born near the dawn of the battery age when this song was popular. He's my next door neighbor, Bill. What you want to know is how a battery works. That's right. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? 97. Well, that means that batteries have been around a little longer than you have. Well, yeah, if they started in 1898 or whenever you said. I've never looked it up. <laughs> you said that you were around for these Type D battery. I'm holding one in my hand. You had these around in time to use them in flashlight. Yeah, when I was a kid in the 30s. They fit in your fist. They're kind of big. That's a D battery, yeah. But you didn't have this little AA battery. I didn't recall AA batteries until after the Second World War. I think you're right about that. Let's talk about how a battery's made. I'm holding a AA battery. Have you ever broken works. one of those apart? Have you? Yes. They're full of a carbon material, hard compact material, and it will store the electrical current. How it stores it, I don't know. It has a positive and a negative hole on it. You hook it up and make a circuit out of it. The only way that you can operate with a battery is to have the plus and the minus go through an electric motor or electric light bulb or whatever it is that you're energizing. But you have to have a complete circuit. Yeah, so that's how a battery actually works. You know, the electrical engineer down the street said this was too complicated, especially the rechargeable ones, for him to know where to start and where to end. They've found different materials hold different charges, and now they call a lot of the batteries lithium batteries. Well, lithium apparently has an affinity for electricity and will hold it better than the carbon of the smaller flashlight batteries type thing. The principle has got to be the same, though. The electrical engineer down the street reminded me that you can slice a potato in two, and you can put a string that has lemon juice on it between the two parts yeah, of the potato, right. mm-hmm. and it'll light up a little tiny light bulb. Right, they will. <laughs> Those are a lot of fun experiments. You can get several things to do electricity for you. Our neighbor down the street, who's the electrical engineer, yeah. who said it's too complicated to talk about, told me that Really, you could power a car with potatoes and lemon juice strings if you just had enough potatoes. Well, okay, I don't think you'd want to try to do that, though. That sounds like a fun experiment for a bunch of kids in high school. I think it would take a lot of potatoes. Yeah, right. So we know that modern car batteries are similar to this AA battery I have in my hand where a fairly big amount of the battery inside of here is a material that stores the extra ions. It stores charge. It just takes a circuit to make the thing operate. <laughs> the electricity has got to flow in a conductive circuit. 
in a circle. Looking online, it indicates that there's this thing called a cathode and an anode. They're kind of the two ends, like the two opposite sides of a magnet. Okay, so they call them a cathode and anode. My familiarity with the term cathode had to do with radio tubes. Maybe the terminology is wrong, I don't know. And it's different to me what they call them. They're a plus and a negative pole. Evidently, in a battery, sometimes the material to have the plus pole is a different material than the material to make the negative pole. You got me. I don't know. Well, I think that this is why some of the modern batteries while they have a little bit of lithium in them, and they're called lithium-ion batteries, they may have a lot of silicon, like sand, in them, or they might have some rare minerals like niobium in modern batteries. That's good. As I said, I don't know that much about them. I don't know either, <laughs> but when I talked with the experts, they were explaining so fast, I kind of wanted us to slow it down a little bit and just think about batteries. Well, for the layman... The performance of the battery is the primary thing, not how the battery works. If you're going to use the battery, you don't care whether it's made out of chalk or potatoes or whatever it's made out of. When you hook it up to your circuit, you want it to provide an electric current that will operate the gadget that you're trying to operate. That's a good explanation. (laughs) It's, It's pretty simple as far as that goes. From a practical standpoint, that's really all you need to know. Now let's go back to Colorado's solid power car battery maker. We spoke with them last year in an R&D development building where researchers worked with vent hoods and glove boxes testing different powders. I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> and they can't tell us exactly what they're testing because a lot of it is top secret. Yeah. I mean, for example, if we have a sensitive uh, partner that's coming to tour us, we go through and scrub the whole facility make sure, turn bottles around, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's a lot of trade secret stuff buried in there. And so for educated audience members, they might pick up on things super fast. We, we just have to be careful. To learn more about those powders, Campbell took us to their client demo room, where the main displays feature big jars full of gray and whitish powders. So this is what we use to give visitors kind of an idea of really the various products as well as testing platforms that we produce here at Solid Power. This white powder, as synthesized, it is a powder material. Uh, This is the material that goes into our electrolyte separator layer. And then this is the material that goes into our cathode layer because we need an ion conducting component in our cathode and we call it a quote unquote catholite. These are both sulfide based materials but they are of a slightly different composition. And that is because the requirements of an ion conducting material in a in a cathode layer versus an uh, electrolyte separator layer, a bit different. Moving to the left, this is... As Solid Power co-founder Doug Campbell talks about the powders for making a solid-state battery, he sounds sort of like a master chef, talking about mixing things to make a cake. You know, mixing sugar, flour, only for this Solid Power battery. It's non-edible powders. It's all top-secret recipes. And the cake these folks are after is not something where you then add milk or water. A solid-state battery stays dry. The next stage of production is we then take those materials and reduce them to a coated form, albeit still uh, hand-coated and hand-assembled. And that is precisely what you're seeing here. This is a single-layer 200 milliamp hour. And then finally, this is our first-generation 
uh, multi-layer two amp hour cell that I believe is composed of 11 layers of, of this particular single layer you're seeing. And this was produced on our production lines. The key takeaway for now is that a solid state battery doesn't have any liquidy jelly-like stuff. It's all dry, which offers advantages. For instance, Campbell says the liquid lithium ion jelly roll type battery has some risk of starting on fire. Fire is a rare risk, but it's still a risk. Campbell says a dry, solid state battery is safer. Here's his full explanation of the benefits. Yeah, so we are 100% solid state batteries. Uh, so a simple definition is we are replacing the liquid electrolyte that's used in a conventional lithium ion battery. Uh, and we're replacing that with a solid ion conducting material. And that really facilitates three things. One, improvement in energy. It does so by using new higher capacity electrodes such as high content silicon or lithium metal anodes. Number two, it has far superior high temperature stability in comparison to today's lithium ions such that we and our OEM partners have concluded we, uh, there's a high probability we will be able to completely eliminate the need for pack cooling which uh, delivers a major cost advantage. And then finally, we are inherently safer uh, than lithium ion, um, such that our cells may still fail under abuse conditions, but they do so in a very benign, non-catastrophic manner. And that really does two things. One, it reduces chances for vehicle recalls, which of course we're seeing right now with Hyundai and General Motors. And then two, it can drive down pack level costs by uh, eliminating the need for a lot of the safety features that you see in today's lithium ion battery packs. Late last year, Doug Campbell stepped down from running the company, saying in a news release that it's important now for Solid Power to have a CEO who specializes in production. But before Campbell stepped down, he emphasized the goal for Solid Power is to produce batteries big enough for the kind of cars that Americans want. We are going after big stuff, and that is precisely why we have to produce large batteries because automakers like large batteries. BMW and Ford have partnered with Solid Power to develop these new solid state batteries and test prototypes. There are plans for these car companies to build their own production facilities based on what Solid Power has learned about how to do it best. Colorado Solid Power is a leader in making these solid state batteries in America. Campbell says they're also in a race with other nations. There aren't a lot of other solid state batteries here in the United States, but certainly overseas. Major players include Toyota, Panasonic, CATL, SK, LG, Hyundai, very, very prominent companies that are all working on actually a very similar flavor of solid state batteries, which is specifically sulfide-based solid state batteries. That is the class of material that we are working with in our batteries. That's some overview about Colorado's own innovative car battery company, Solid Power. But Solid Power is actually one of many efforts to make a better electric car battery, a battery that would cost less, go further on a charge, and while it's a rare occurrence still, you don't want a battery that might someday spontaneously combust. But here's another question. Does a car battery maker have to start by making big batteries? A West Coast battery company called Sela has launched its efforts with a very tiny battery. It's the battery for a fitness tracker known as Whoop. The Whoop 4.0 includes, for the first time ever, a silicon anode battery made by Sela Nanotechnologies. John Capadalupo says that Whoop is finding that these sand-based batteries pack a lot of power. And a silicon anode battery allows us to pack much more energy density in the same size battery uh, compared to traditional graphite anode uh, lithium ion batteries. 
In fact, the 4.0 is 33% smaller than the 3.0. Sela, the battery company, thinks they might do the same thing someday for car batteries. So Sela wanted to start off with consumer electronics where they would have uh, you know, a smaller scale, a smaller size of the battery and the materials they're putting inside of it to show that it works, get used to the manufacturing while they're scaling up their production output. Uh, and so it's kind of a natural fit here, but one day, not too far in the future, I'm sure, uh, electric cars will be powered by SELA technology and get more energy rich batteries as well. SELA is partnering with Mercedes-Benz. This year, they're building a factory up in Washington to make car batteries. There's another company also doing liquid lithium ion batteries, but with another chemical, a rare earth chemical called niobium. Mark Newman is affiliated with Niobolt, the niobium-based battery company. Mark Newman says a niobium-based battery would offer its own unique advantages. If you want uh, high power for fast acceleration, the Niobolt battery is going to be the highest power uh, rating battery uh, of anything. Uh, there's nothing else out there that can compete. So uh, our, our cars would uh, probably be able to um, uh, break the lap record at uh, uh, the, the Nuremberg Ring. For carbon footprint, like if you actually don't need 500 kilometers, then actually it's very inefficient. You're dragging a one-ton battery everywhere with you. It's going to slow down the charging speed because it's harder to charge these batteries quickly. You know, there's a lot of carbon footprint that goes into that one-ton battery as well, versus smaller batteries, smaller carbon footprint to make it. If you, even if you assume the technology is the same, that is true. But in addition, uh, if you can find a battery technology that cycles better, meaning it can be used more times, cycled more times, then it will last longer. Nibel batteries, they have high power density um, and can charge quickly. They are very, very suited to that smaller pack approach that I mentioned with the shorter range that you can charge in five, six minutes. It's very suited for that uh, because you'd still get more than enough power, even with a smaller battery. Think that uh, Nibel batteries will last 10 times longer than lithium ion, standard lithium ion. It can be cycled 10 times longer. So you can get uh, you can use it 10 times, 10 times more than a standard lithium ion. So that's also good for the environment because it means you're not having to recycle it as often. This is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. I'm Shelley Schlender. Today we're looking at some of the new battery technologies that might lead to electric car batteries that cost less, charge faster, go further, and in other ways make an electric car even more convenient than a gas-powered car. We've looked at the Colorado company Solid Power, which is striving to make non-liquid, solid-state batteries to power electric cars and might succeed in the next few years. We've looked at Sela's battery that packs more power by replacing the soft graphite in typical lithium-ion batteries with something cheaper and more energy-dense, which is silicon, that's sand. All these developing batteries look promising. But one expert says there are limitations with each new battery, including solid power's solid state. Here's what industry analyst Mark Newman says are the cautions he sees about solid state batteries. Solid state batteries have been a decade away for decades. 
they're always a decade away and the reason is is because they sound great on paper because on paper they're very safe they seem very safe um you don't have any liquid there at all uh depending if it's a fully solid state or semi-solid state you don't have any liquid or you have less liquid there but the problem is manufacturability there is much much more significant change happening in the manufacturing process and conductivity like how how much power can you get from these batteries as i was talking about earlier a uh, solid state typically has much much lower power and much more difficult to have a fast charge compared to lithium iron with a liquid electrolyte problem is manufacturability uh, and power meaning the rate how quickly can you charge it and discharge it can you can you get enough power out of that and i think there are many applications where you need like in a car you need not just energy for the range but you need power for acceleration the risk is you 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 get long range but you can't accelerate you need the power for the acceleration and solid state batteries are far worse at that typically industry analyst mark newman is not the only expert who has cautions about solid state batteries and their ability to help a car accelerate but it might also be worth a mention that those cautions may be exactly what the solid state battery makers are working to address with their secret projects and their extensive testing. Here's the co-founder of Colorado's Solid Power, Solid State Car Battery Company, Doug Campbell. Yes, of course it will be able to deliver blast-off power. The cell itself may not deliver on higher rates of, of discharge, but we could design a battery pack that would deliver the amount of, of power needed, i.e. blast-off. So it's again, it's a nuanced topic that I it would be better if we stayed away from it. And I'm not, not because I'm trying to, to uh, avoid, but it just gets complicated. For all these future batteries, there are other problems still to tackle. For instance, if we finally shift to all electric cars, how will we recycle all the batteries? That is actually a chicken and egg problem. You can't scale it if you don't have the demand. The problem is there's not enough batteries to recycle yet. So why do you want to build a, a 100 gigawatt hour battery recycling plant if there's only two gigawatt hours to recycle, for example? You, you know, the technology is there. It's just timing the ramp to the, to the demand. As for when the new electric car future will actually begin, Newman says we all need to be a little bit patient because car makers have a huge number of steps they have to carry out to make sure any new change they make improves a car's performance and is safe. Newman says that includes a new generation of batteries. Mark Newman thinks vehicles, which have fewer regulations, might come first. So look for some of these new batteries in race cars. As for commercial cars and trucks, Newman says the researchers do want to make this future happen and while competition between car companies can be fierce, there really is room for a variety of battery solutions. All batteries are helping to enable the green future, right? Electrification of vehicles and transport more generally, but also the grid, like the greening of the grid. You need batteries for that as well. But then amongst companies, there's definitely hardcore, you know, typical competition. You, you know, there's certain types of battery companies that are fitting a certain segment 
and each segment is quite huge in the battery industry, or at least it will be huge. In those segments, you'll have two, three or four competitors, which are really like quite competitive with each, with each other, and they may not care about the other 20 or 30 battery companies. The co-founder of Colorado's Solid Power Battery Company says it'll be a hard fight to make innovations happen. Still, he's optimistic. For you to do a story, though, on solid-state batteries, you have to recognize that it's still not ready for prime time. And so things like uh, charge rate is still represents an unknown. Does that make sense? Yes. Otherwise, if you need everything proven, well, come back in two years. <laughs> but it's also the good fight. I mean, we're, if we're successful, we're, we're going to have a role in enabling vehicle electrification. That gets me up in the morning. That's exciting. Meanwhile, a common sense expert on batteries, my neighbor, 97-year-old Bill, he's also optimistic. About that 80 years ago. Wait, you were hopeful 80 years ago that we'd have electric cars? <laughs> right. right, I thought it'd been a really good deal, <laughs> provided they could figure out a way to make electricity available without burning hydrocarbons. <laughs> if they can do that, that's great. Everybody thinks that that's uh, going to solve the climate problem. It may or may not. Who knows? <laughs> the Earth's been around a long time. It's been taking care of itself for a long time. And I expect there's a lot of electricity involved with that, too. But electricity is a mysterious thing. You've got to accept the fact that it's there, even if you don't know just how it works. My neighbor, Bill, thank you for joining me to explain batteries and electricity. You're very welcome. We don't have a crystal ball for what new batteries will do to advance the future of electric cars. Keep your eyes open. Some of these new electric car batteries, they might move ahead. For How on Earth, I'm Shelley Schlender. That's all for this edition of How on Earth. Our executive producer is Beth Bennett. This week's show was produced and engineered by yours truly, Shelley Schlender. Our theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler. Additional music from Raymond Scott and Isham Jones. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and ways to subscribe. Questions or comments? Call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Shelley Schlender. <laughs>